It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Hello, and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. As we're recording this, it is the beginning of summer here in North America, and summer equals more freedom, and more freedom equals what's going on at Jen's house. <laughs> what's going on at Jen's house changes day to day to day, but because I have all these boys in my house, it almost inevitably at some point involves risk. Summer activities in the past have included everything from um, my three-year-old grabbing a skateboard and skating downhill, which made me extremely nervous, mm. to my youngest riding a two-wheel bike with us on a bike ride, family bike ride, down a hill when I suddenly realized that I never taught him how to use the brakes Oh, and saw him losing control and saw him wipe out. And that is a terrible feeling, as you can all imagine. Risk right? And a year ago, I had a really interesting thought about this. My 14-year-old, then 14-year-old, at the beginning of summer, he said to me, I wish I lived back in dad's childhood. Hmm. And I'm like, why? Because, you know, you think about it and today, like these kids have access to so much that we never even imagined. All kinds of technology and the internet exists and you can do all these cool things. But when it came down to it, he wished that he had the same freedom to jump off the bridge that goes over the river in our town that his dad did when he was younger. Mm -hmm. Same town, same bridge, same river. Same river. But the reaction is quite different in many corners. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to guess there's signs posted that you can't be on the bridge. No signs? No, there aren't. And I, I will give you the quick version of the story in that, and my son did jump off the bridge last summer and it made his day. Yeah. It made his day. And here's the thing. My son was 14. He did this with some friends and they were smart about it. They have spent enough time by this river to know that who knows what sometimes might be at the bottom of the river. They've spent a lot of time fishing this river. And so they wore their tennis shoes, their old tennis shoes, so that when they jumped off this river, if their feet touched something sharp or unhealthy on the bottom, that they had some protection. And they went together and they did it together. So I was really impressed at how they managed the risk also. And I think that's an important thing when we start talking about risk. Yeah. Risk management. I think there's there's a career in risk management and bravo them for looking at it, planning, and, and 
executing the feat. And, you know, that is a rite of passage. And those boys are probably still talking about, hey, remember that time we jumped off the bridge? And it's something that boys love to do together. Boys Mm -hmm. will tend to take more risk together than as individuals. So this is something for parents to be aware of that, you know, when you've got a group of boys going off to do something, you do want to be extra sure what exactly they're up to. I'm laughing as you say that because I think (laughs) it's virtually impossible to be sure of what they're going to be up to when a group of boys goes off. There's what they tell you, there's what you know, And then there's what might end up happening. So at a certain point, all of this is a tremendous leap of faith for parents also. And I really think that's the part we need to talk about. How can we as parents, adults, teachers, grandparents understand so we can support boys need to take risks. Yeah. And it's, you know, we're talking about your 14-year-old son and 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 our leap of faith as as the adults in his life. But we have to take it back to yes, the beginning and helping that 3-year-old and that 2-year-old learn, you know, about things like brakes and wheels, but you know, they have to learn this cause and effect and and physics and all of those things and we have to let them. Yes. That 14-year-old was the same three-year-old who took the skateboard down the driveway. Same kid. Mm-hmm. He was also the same one who would freak me out trying to climb up in a tree. We had this tree that all the kids liked to attempt to climb. And the rule of thumb was always, if you can't get yourself up into the tree, then you can't climb the tree. Like, if you yeah. need somebody to give you a boost, then you're not ready to climb this tree. Mm-hmm. So what do you think they did? They found all kinds of ways to get around that themselves. They, there for years, there was a, one of those little like two-step step ladders pulled over by the street because he kind of used that to get up there. But he, he figured it out. Mm-hmm. In the process of exploring and doing, taking these little physical risks, he learned a lot about his body, mm-hmm. a lot about his capabilities, both physically and psychologically. He learned to confront fear. He learned a lot about his parents, whether or not they trust him to manage risks and to figure things out on his own. And so you're absolutely right. It's all these things that we do from the times our kids are little that ultimately enable them to take and survive the big risks, which is really what we want because the whole goal of this is to send these children out into the world Whereas you and I know all kinds of unexpected things happen. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. even the really good things require us to take some pretty big risks. Yeah. As adults, you know, we take risks every day. It's risky to, you know, step out on your street where there's road construction (laughs) today. But, you know, to think about too, we ask our many, mostly males, we ask to step into risky professions. We've got first responders. We've got the guys out there pouring tar on your street today, Mm -hmm. driving really big rigs. And I think about all the factories and mining and all of those things that we need as a society. We're asking our 
men to step into those professions. And granted, it's not for everybody, but just like your boy that is the the bridge jumper of your boys, he is likely the biggest risk taker. There's some <laughs> contest and that, that uh, title is constantly going back and forth. But that not every boy is going to be seeking big risks. Absolutely. And even if they're not the risk-seeking type, it's still important to nudge them and as it is for girls to give them opportunities to stretch themselves and find what their bodies can do. And it may not be the thing that they love and seek out, but still providing opportunities to step out of their comfort zone because that's kind of what life is all about. So how can we as adults support and encourage kids to take risks. Sometimes it's the kid taking the lead, the kid who really wants to go do things. And sometimes you do have a more reticent child who is afraid to step out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And you're right, risk is important for that kid. So what kinds of things can we as adults be doing to encourage and support risk-taking in kids in a society that, in my view, has become increasingly intolerant of risk. Yeah, yeah. Where I go, as you're saying that, Jen, is looking at what we do as a family, being a family who is curious, being a family who wants to learn something new, being a family who hears summer stretching out before you. What do we want? What skill do we want to learn? And it can be a family thing or an individual, but what's a new thing that we want to learn? Maybe one of your kids is interested in horses. And so you all go and do a trail ride or something, but, but that the, your kids see you also stretching, also moving out of your comfort zone mm. and that you can say, Oh, this is kind of scary. I, I don't, Ooh, I don't know. And then they see you figuring out how to handle it and do the self-talk and push yourself a little bit. So that role modeling is so important. That brings up for me the importance of moms in all of this. So after I got divorced, one thing I realized very, very quickly is that in a lot of families, it is the dad who does the risky things with the kids or even the fun things or the mm -hmm. physical things. So if the family goes to the beach or to the pool, right? Who is jumping in the water with the kids? Who's throwing the kids around? It's usually dad. Mom is usually on the, the beach. Not true in every family, but predominantly. And I'm not going to lie. I really like sitting on the beach reading a book, but when there was no dad there to do those things with my kids, that didn't seem fair for the children. And I realized I wanted my kids to know that, hey, mom can do cool things too. Mm -hmm. So last summer, for instance, when we went camping and there was this rock cliff that everybody was jumping off of into the lake, I did it, Janet. Awesome, 20 Jen. some feet up in, in the air and I did it. I would never do that if I didn't have these four boys because why? Why would I want to do that? It's not in me to want to do that. But here's the thing. It was fun. It made my life better. There are a lot of things that I have tried because uh, my boys have or mm -hmm. because I want to see them seeing me 
taking some risks and trying things. So it's made my life better also. So I think that's one thing for parents to keep in mind with Mm -hmm. risk is that it's not just good for your kids. It can really make your life a lot more fun. Yes. I've learned to really rest in my knowledge of my child. It is so easy, especially when you go to a playground or you go to grandma's house to feel the judgment of all these other eyes on you Mm -hmm. when you are letting your kid do something, Mm -hmm. whether that thing is try to balance on the crossbar or use the playground equipment in an untraditional way or climb the tree. My parents freaked out when my kids were climbing the apple tree at their house. Freaked out. Yeah. And kept talking about if they fall and somebody breaks an arm. And here's the thing. I grew up at that house with those parents and I never once tried climbing that tree. And now I know why. Because the attitude to risk was, "Mm, you could get hurt, don't try it. As I've grown in my parenting journey, I realized there's risk to not climbing the tree. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have had to do a lot of reframing for myself and look at okay, what are the positives that my kid are going to get out of this experience? So Mm -hmm. instead of focusing on, oh my God, he could fall and break his arm, which he could do, he could. And likely will at some point. We have indeed been to the hospital for a broken arm, not from falling out of a tree. It was a monkey bar incident. It happens. But if I don't let my kid have those experiences, what is he missing out on? Exactly. And as you're talking about monkey bars and playground equipment and non-traditional use of playground equipment, I'm thinking about a, a mom friend of mine whose son is very, very skilled at parkour. And for our listeners who don't know what parkour is, as I did not know what it was, it's using all the everyday natural environment and buildings and stairways and ramps and everything with your body, interfacing with it with your body. And so it, this young man, because he's in his 20s now, he can go, he can do a standing like twist flip loop thing just from standing. It's crazy what he can do with his body. And, you know, he didn't get to that point by just one day he got up and was able to do it. It's a long progression. And it started out as that three and four year old jumping off walls and using monkey bars and climbing to the top of the whatever and really being so in touch with his capability. Mm -hmm. As we were preparing to record this today, I was on, on Facebook and my friend had posted a parkour video of some kids in Tokyo in a parkour contest. And they are on the rooftops in the city. They are running and I mean, talk about leaping tall buildings. They're leaping across the, from one tall building to another and they're jumping railings and it's the edge of the building right there. And you know, 10 stories down and my heart, like my stomach was just dropping and my heart was racing, just watching this. And also it's amazing what these guys can do. Amazing. So then I read down in the comments and a grandfather put in the comments, he's like, these kids are crazy. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. And sure. I mean, who wants their son leaping across tall buildings in the middle of the city. We don't. 
This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. By Heart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete, it seems, how little we know and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's Irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A.com slash ONBOYS. Winona, menopause care made easy. And that's a place where we have to trust and we have to allow. And yeah, he may get hurt and he may get killed, reality. And 
how would we feel if we stopped him from following this passion that is his? Yep. Did you ever hear the story about the guy in the 70s who strung up a tightrope between the Twin Towers in New York City? Yeah, there's a movie about that. Yes, and it's a phenomenal movie. I can't remember the name right now, but we can find it and put it in the show notes for whoever want it. An extremely risky stunt. Extremely. He did this with no net and it was illegal as hell. He was Mm -hmm. not supposed to be up there doing this, but it was something he was called to do and it became and has since been recognized as an act of beauty Mm -hmm. and as an act of courage and an act of creation. And so your point of, if this is the thing that is deep within your child, if you are the person stifling rather than encouraging that, we all lose out. We need each of our children to find what their thing is, what their things are in this world, and to build that and to nurture that and to grow and to contribute. And we all have our own pieces to play. And so encouraging and helping our kids get comfortable with risk is a part of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's what you alluded to before too, about the planning, you know, the boys planning to jump off the bridge. Oh, well, let's have tennis shoes on. And it's, so it's all of that that goes into it too. And the guy on the wire, he has to know about physics. He's got to know about the wind. This is how boys learn. This Mm -hmm. is how they take a a thing, their passion, their interest. I want to get from point A to point B. What are all the things? What are the resources? What do I have to, who do I have to learn from? Where do I go? And letting that, fostering that interest in our young boys help puts them in touch with education in a way that we are not doing in the classroom, which is why we have, I believe, boys who are angry because Mm. they are not being allowed to explore the that inner drive that they have one of the things that i've tried to do and found really helpful both in terms of encouraging those inner passions and dealing with risk is to follow their lead my kids tend to know what they want to do And they tend to have some ideas about how to do it. Often, my first reaction internally, I've learned to keep it internal, is, no, that's a (laughs) terrible idea. But I have learned to hold on to that and to, first of all, ask them some questions about whatever this thing is that, that they want to do. Like, don't shut him down right away. Talk to him about it. So when my 14-year-old said, I wish I lived in dad's childhood, I didn't just say, huh, we talked about it, figured out you know, what he meant exactly. And sometimes in that conversation, I'll find out that this thing that they want to do or try is something that I have zero expertise or experience in. Uh, maybe the child doesn't have whatever equipment or tools he needs to accomplish this. And that's a great opportunity to together look for mentors. It doesn't have to be a formal mentor. It can be as simple as if you know your neighbor has the tool that your kid needs to try something, ask them if you can borrow it. Yeah. My 12-year-old is currently, as we're recording, out on a tractor raking hay. I have my phone right within reach because part of me is very nervous about this. But he has loved farming from the time he was little. 
he has been working his way into this. Fortunately, his dad comes from a farming family. He still has cousins who farm. He's been along with them, helping them, riding along with his dad. I let them handle that part of his development, actually. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, for me to deal with my own fears, honestly, it's better if I don't look. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to not look, walk away. But there's an inherent trust in that too, Jen. Yes. You're trusting the other adults around him and you're trusting your child. You're trusting your son. And I had to get to that point. When those worries come up in my head, I have to consciously remind myself, his dad loves him as much as you do. Mm -hmm. He's not going to take unnecessary risks or let our child take unnecessary risks. It is controlled. And it is that gradual release of responsibility, which is kind of what we've been talking about, you know, as you let them do a little bit more and a little bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, interesting that you brought up his dad because there is a definite difference between the um, parameters, shall we say, of what is okay as far as risk from a mom's point of view and what yeah. is okay from a dad's point of view. And I'll often tell moms, you know, if they're wondering, should I let him climb that tree or should I let him do that activity? Check in with dad or the other men around him because their perspective is probably a little more true than your perspective. The other thing I think about a lot is the past. I understand that the world has changed in a lot of ways. But the fact is, not that long ago, it was incredibly common for a 12-year-old to be running the tractor on the farm. And even before that, it was incredibly common for much younger children to be helping out on the farm. Now, I understand that child labor laws and all of that came up for a reason. There's safety measures that are huge advances, and I applaud all of that. But the fact is, our kids are very capable, and our boys especially want to contribute in very real ways. So in terms of risk and helping them contribute, in my opinion, it's so much better to give your son a real hammer and a real nail than the little play set. Yes. It's, you know, if he's one, fine, you give him the play set. But when he's four and he wants to try, help him try. Yes. And that goes for the kitchen. Yes. My my friend who I refer to often on this podcast, but her son just turned three, but he is already on a stool by the stove stirring hot things. He knows the stove is hot. He knows the, the liquid in the pot is hot. How did he get there? Mom was right there, but taking step by step along the way, sure, he probably got spat, splashed with hot liquid. Okay, great. Move on. Know the next time. Get educated and learn. And I was reading our one of our favorite authors, Catherine Reynolds Lewis, who who will should we reveal that we've interviewed her? But yes, in her book, The Good News About Bad Behavior, she says that 32% of children will have an anxiety diagnosis, which is and a third, a third of our children. Yeah, yeah. So 
one of your four, or maybe 1.25 of your four. (laughs) I don't know how stats work, Jen. I I rely on you for that. But um, she said that early experiences that are risky inoculate our kids against later phobias and anxiety. I was intrigued by that. I poured through her book. And one of the things she was talking about was this research study that I believe was done in New Zealand, a longitudinal, so over a long time study. And they were looking at people who had a fear of heights and thought, you know, maybe they had a scary incident. Maybe they had a fall significantly when they were young and they sort of internalized that and they're afraid. Similarly, uh, fear of water. You know, did these kids have a near drowning accident as children? And they found the opposite of what they expected. They actually found that a fall at a young age, those children were less afraid of heights. And it was almost like that term she uses is inoculate, like having that experience of having a more probably a minor fall, not, you know, falling from 10 stories down to the ground, having a minor fall and realizing, okay, I survived that, took away that fear. It, it's almost that I experienced it and, and maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought. Whereas if you have never experienced a fall, and by the time you get to be an adult, that could be a terrifying thought. Yeah. So I think that as the parents, we have to look at our own fears and be very careful not to impart those fears to our children. That can be a really tough one. And I know I've done a lot of work on that. I mentioned my parents a little while ago. I didn't fully realize that I grew up with parents who are really fearful mm-hmm. of a lot of things. Um, water was one, you know, harm coming to their kids. Partly the, this water thing was my parents don't swim very well. My dad fell through the ice once with um, my, one of my younger siblings, like on a sled, it was frozen. And he was, you know, the what ifs just paralyzed him. I didn't realize how much I had internalized so much of this until I had these children of mine, until they started doing things. And I, I had to reflect on it and really think through why is my instinct to say no? And is that the best thing for them? I'm just writing down this quote because I love what you just said about, are you going to let the what ifs paralyze you, paralyze Mm. you and paralyze your child? You know, we have to do our inner work and face it. And then we absolutely have to let our children follow their inner drive. They've come with something. That man came with something that said, string this wire up across these two buildings and walk across it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was, that was an inner idea, probably maybe influenced by something outwardly, but it is so important that we honor that which is within our children. This isn't easy to do, especially because right now we do live in a very risk averse culture and you see it all the time. You know, my kids came home from school multiple times already to say that they can't play football on the playground. I mean, they could play it last week. Why can't they play it this week? And so when I talk to the principal about that, there's liability concerns. And you hear these things all the time, liability concerns. You hear about laws and cases where um, the authorities get called because there is a 10-year-old outside walking 
unattended, no adult. And that's where this whole concept of free range parenting has taken off, Mm -hmm. which I really support. And I'd like to share the link to um, the free range parenting website because it's a great resource. We are all living in a time and a place that is not nearly as tolerant of risk as it once was. But I think the pendulum is starting to shift. I Mm -hmm. think people are starting to see that if we want our kids to be independent adults, we need to let them do things as they're growing. And that's where we can all be a part of that change and Mm -hmm. support one another in finding opportunities to let our kids take risks. Uh, We can commiserate with one another, you know, and share our fears and our, oh my God, I can't believe he just tried that story with each other. And and to recognize that the risk-taking, the mistakes that are made, all are leading towards mastery of Mm -hmm. their bodies, of a topic, whatever it is. But isn't that what we are, what we're doing? We're raising our kids towards being masterful and being in charge. And this is how it unfolds. You know, when we're talking about finding this balance, I'm struck by this moment when my second son was little. He wasn't even two yet. He was only one something. And he was a climber. And, you know, at one, they can move super fast. And somehow before I even knew it, you know, where's Ty? And I look around and I find him sitting smack dab on top of the kitchen table. I'm not even sure how exactly he got up there. I'm sure it involved the chairs, but he's sitting there looking as pleased as can be. I felt like I sent him such mixed messages because on the one hand, it was absolutely adorable. I'm like, Mm -hmm. stay there so I can take a picture. And I took a picture and then I'm like, and don't do that again. (laughs) (laughs) It can be hard, Mm -hmm. especially when their risks uh, make us uncomfortable. Sometimes they make our lives a little bit inconvenient, but it's so important. So Jen, it's always nice to kind of wrap things up and give parents some tips that they can take into their into their everyday lives as their children are growing and seeking risk. What are some guidelines for parents? I have had to think about this a lot. And a year ago, I wrote an article where I distilled this down to five things that you can do to encourage your son and support him in taking healthy risks. Because that's the other thing. We don't really want them taking those unhealthy risks. So the first one, reject arbitrary rules and limits. And what I mean by that is don't necessarily feel that you have to hold to things like a child should never before he's eight years old, or he must be 12 before he can. Reject arbitrary limits. Look at your kid and your family. Number two, follow his lead. Mm -hmm. A child is never going to want to take a risk that is totally out of his ability. If he wants to try something, he's ready to get something out of it. Number three, adjust your focus. So when my kid is climbing a tree, instead of nervously looking up at him and the distance between him and the ground, I look at the look of pride and self-satisfaction on his face. Mm -hmm. When you feel your brain getting wrapped up in anxiety, focus back, look at your child. And try to envision this through your child's eyes. Four is related. Sometimes it's okay to look away. Yeah. If you cannot stop yourself from squealing, screaming, saying don't, just look away. I have used that trick 
more times than I probably care to admit. And you know what? They have survived every single time. And the last one, we touched on this at the beginning, let him see you trying new things. And this is particularly important if you have a kiddo who is a little bit more uh, hesitant and not so comfortable with taking risks. Mm -hmm. All of our kids need to know it's okay to try things. And even if it doesn't go the way you want, you're going to learn something and next time it'll go better. Let us know down below what risks your child is taking and where you're allowing it more and more. Thanks for joining On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. You can find our show notes at onboyspodcast.com. That's on-boys-podcast.com. Our show notes include links to all of the resources we mentioned in today's episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.